This week on Nintendo Main, we get into the controversies of King of Kong. We'll talk about hot sauce and trophy wives. We don't get trumpetized. Right, welcome to Nintendo Main. This is episode 37. I 37? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd say that <laughs> since I'm it's 37. Uh, we are your hosts, Trey Johnson and... Jeremy Mikowski. And returning as a guest, we have our friend, a uh, friend of the show, John Knitter. John Knitter. What's going on, man? How have you been? Pretty good, pretty good. And, uh, you know, here in L.A., it's getting, getting pretty hot. Yeah, how hot? You have me back. How hot is It's got to be in, like, the hundreds now, right? It's probably about 90s or so. Yeah, it's pretty hot, though. Cause it's, it's, like, in That's the 90s. It's been, like, in the 90s here, or, like, high 80s. So I figured it was, like, really hot down there. I remember I went down there. I was, like, down there in October one time, and it was, like, 100. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. So never can know get, what uh, month it is out here. It can get crazy. Yeah, that time I was down there for that movie, it was it was in October, and it was like above a hundred. It's insane. But yeah, is it? Do you still? Are you still gameless? Are you still in the same same situation? Still gameless. Yeah, I don't know. I got to get back on board. You haven't played a. And no, I remember you had a 3ds before, but did you sell off your 3ds? Because I remember you got it like right when it came out. Yeah, I got one right when it came out. Uh, yeah, I sold 3DS. I have all the games still. I just got to pick up a new one. I always intended to get the new 3DS with the bigger screen and all that. But uh, I don't know. Now, before you know it, I put it off, and before you know it, now NX is going to be here. Uh, well, apparently, I won't need a... a well, that, so. <laughs> well, we'll see. Supposedly. Supposedly, it'll be announced this, this month. Well, in a couple hours. Well, no, it's this month now. It's officially September, right? You know, I always, thought, I always thought when they didn't announce it at E3, I thought, I wonder if they're going to bring Space World back. You remember Space World? Oh, I remember Space World. Yeah, Maybe. September. They're going to do something like that and call it Space World. I figured they'd just do something with with TGS, but I don't know, with the Tokyo Game Show. But at this point, it's like... I don't know. It almost sounds like maybe they don't have anything. And for anyone who's saying like, "Wait till the NX," I say bogus to that. That's what I say. I say if you don't have a 3DS, go get a 3DS. That's what I. That's what I say to people who don't have one. Like, don't wait at for least, a system. At least buy like a Game Boy Advance or something. You can get one for like yeah. Bucks. There's that Mario 30, 3DS thing you can get from Target now for 150 dollars, which is awesome. That's like a new 3DS. You can find it. Yeah, if you can find it. Yeah, I did look on Target and it said a lot of them were missing, but still. It's a good a good good price, and they're selling the XLs for one seventy five, so that's not that bad for for like twenty five more with no free game. But if you already have like Mario three D Land, it doesn't really matter. We can get a two DS for like five five bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they're selling those for like sixty. Can't you can't play Super Nintendo games with those? It's true. I don't know. I would want if I was. I don't know if I didn't have. Have you downloaded any of the Super Nintendo games on your uh, new three DS? Yeah, I got Contra three. I told you. I think I told you that last week. Oh, you did. Yeah, I got Contra Three just to see how it looks, and they do look really good. Because yeah, we were talking, I was told. I told you I was going to get Mega Man Six or Seven, and you said you had the card of that. Oh, of Alien Wars, I have that game. You said you had the Mega Man one, though, right? No, no, I have Contra Three. You must. Have oh, oh, I thought. I thought you said. Yeah, maybe I edited it the other way around. <laughs> 
It's all right. I do have the Mega Man uh, collection or whatever on uh, GameCube. Oh, yeah. Speaking of news for the week, there's a huge Capcom sale again. You can get, like, the Mega Man collection for 3DS for, like, $10, I think. So that's, like, marked down a lot. Speaking of Mega Man stuff. Yeah, I wonder how many Mega Man collections they put out over the years. Well, this is, like, the one. This is, like, the one that that has, like, the, (laughs) you know, has, like, all the different filters, and you can try to play it and, like you know, where it tries to be, like, the old game. Which, supposedly, the... I, I don't know if you read, but the NES Classic is going to have... has, like, a new emulation program also on it. Like, brand new. One that one that hasn't been used before. And they're going to give you all those options to where you can, like, insert the scan lines and make it, like, curvy and all that. I know that was some news this week. And there's a Direct tomorrow, speaking of 3DS. There's a 3DS Direct in, like, nine hours or something from now. Yeah, it's early. It's an early one. What do you think I they're going to announce? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited that something's going to happen because it's the day they normally release all their new software. Well, it is Thursdays every week, so yeah. There's hopefully going to be some kind of surprise game released tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I always like it when they and do. So that. far, I haven't seen any information about what's happening tomorrow in the eShop. Oh, about releases? Do you think they would like slip a uh, gold and silver in there out of nowhere? They probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> They're just well, like, hey, Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver comes out tomorrow. I've seen people on the internet hoping for that. I mean, it's a it's a real deal. And of course, uh, Mother Three for a change. Yeah, the old, the old Mother Three. If people keep talking about that, would be kind of funny if that was They're like, oh yeah, well, Mother Three, it's out. Go get it. Yeah, shut the fuck up, already. What if it was just for Mother Three? They made a big deal after all oh. this time. You're gonna yeah. do it, Nintendo Direct, just on Mother Three, three hours. Hey, you know, Miyamoto people... <laughs> comes out dressed up like Mother, whoever the character is. <laughs> you mean you mean, uh, you mean Lucas? Yeah, I mean... You, you mean the Lucas, not from the Wizard. I played part of Mother 3 on, you know, my girlfriend bought a hacked like Game Boy Advance cart from Etsy or whatever. She played it all the way through and I played it through half of it, but I really liked what I played of it, but I like, nope, it. was I, one with the fan translation? It was a fan translation one, but somebody had put it into an actual Game Boy Advance cart so you could play it on your oh, Game Boy. Awesome. So it was like, uh, somebody like made one, like made a cart that has the translation on it, has a little sticker on it and all that, and you could just plug it in and play it. It's cool. Like I played, I played it on the Game Boy Player. Very cool. Through the GameCube. So. Oh, it works with the player? Yeah. It's pretty legit. Some yeah. kind of flash cart that they got cheap. Yeah, I don't know what they did, but it works really well. It's worked with, I haven't found anything that didn't work with. You know, it works with like the DS and the Game Boy Advance and the player. So it works I just think like by a regular a cart. I copy of Final Fantasy VI Advance is one of those. Oh, you, yeah, you didn't think it was an actual copy, right? You think that somebody made it, might have just made it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I got it for really cheap and. It works, but it's a little, it's just got some quirks to it. Oh, really? Is it kind of a little glitchy? Ever so slightly, it, uh, when you save it, like the screen flashes blue, and I don't think it's supposed to do that. Oh, yeah. I don't remember doing that. I, I never played the Game Boy Advance version, so, though, so maybe it does that now. Say I got it for pretty cheap, and every other copy I saw on eBay was at least twice the price, so there's another uh, suspicious aspect. Yeah, they're pretty pricey. Aside from the Capcom thing, is there any? Is, was there any news today this week that we forgot about? Oh yeah, there's Zelda trading cards. Did you see that? I want to get some of those. Oh, what's that all about? Apparently, they're going to start a Zelda trading card series where you can buy like a box of them for like seventy-two dollars, and they're going to sell like packs for ten bucks. They're basically going to be about the games. It says uh, is the it going to be the game or is it going to be a Pokemon trading card game like like the baseball cards basically? It's going to be like baseball cards where you like collect them. I'm totally down for it. It says Legend of Zelda trading cards features images based on five different games. So I don't know which I don't know which ones it'll be, but like some traditional Hanafuda cards. Like I got my Mario cards. For, remember the Nintendo bonus a couple years ago? It was Mario Hanafuda cards. Yeah, from, Zelda. yeah, from Club Nintendo, they had those. 
I remember that. I didn't get any, but you said you got some. Yeah. So, well, I was going to release tomorrow, but it can't possibly be better than last week. Super Mario 64 DS. Oh yeah. Uh, Super Mario 64 DS was released on the Wii U. Yeah, that was oh, really. The, yeah, that was the last. That was last week's big thing was uh, Super Mario 64 DS, which I thought about getting for a second just for the fun of it, but I, I didn't get it. It's got a lot of extra stuff in it. People, people on the internet were rising up to defend it. Oh well, I mean, it has extra stuff. And like I said before, it's kind of analogy now that you have an analog that you can use instead of the control pad. It was such a weird game to release for DS, though. The DS really should have had an analog stick if they were going to have that, since that whole game was yeah, made to show true. off the analog stick, and then and then they want you to play it like with the touchscreen, which is like awful, or <laughs> or play it with the control pad and holding a button to run, which was about the only way that I could play it that I felt was. You have to use that um, nub. That yeah, the, the yeah, the the virtual analog stick, which uh, I played around it for a while. It doesn't really work that well, but it, it works well enough, I guess. Either way, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I remember all that when everybody tried to do the virtual analog. They should have just put one on there. Just put a nub on there. It was the beginning of two. all of them. Yeah. As, as, three? Yeah. <laughs> put three of them on no, there. I went to a arcade and video game room expo last week and picked up some stuff. I found I, I was able to get a yokai watch for tw- for twenty bucks for fifty percent off. It's still selling for like thirty in most places used, so I thought that was pretty rad. The guy that I bought it from didn't even know what it was. I was like, "Here, this doesn't have a price on it," and he's like, "So, what do you want for it?" And I'm like, "Can I buy it for 15 He's like, "Give me 20 I'm like, "Okay." But I've been, so yeah. I've, been pl- I've been playing that game. It's it's fun. I made it through like the first chapter, and I've just been. I haven't gone to like the main story of the second chapter. I'm just running around doing like side quests, but it's it's fun to play. It's it looks really good. You know, it's very much. It's got like voiceover. If you watch the anime, it's pretty much the same thing as that. <laughs> like except for a couple things are, are moved around, but the stories are pretty much the same. Like they have like they have the anime. They have the first season of the anime on Netflix. So I was watching some of that before I got the game. And I was like, oh, I know what happens here. But then it's it's switched. Like it's they make it a little bit longer in the game than the, than what than this than like the way the story is in the anime. Yokoi Watch is like pretty big in Japan right now, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know too much about it, but I've I've heard it's the next big thing. Well, yeah, well they 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 thought that it was going to be, and then they released that first game, and it didn't, and it kind of just like. It sold enough, I guess, but it didn't really. It was by no means what they what they thought it would be. But there's Yokai Watch Two is coming out at the end of this month, which is two different versions, like like Pokemon. So they think that maybe that one will sell better. But I don't feel like they really like marketed it at all when it came out. Like I remember, I went to Target to look for it. And they didn't even have it. Like when it came out, or for a couple of weeks there, I couldn't even find it anywhere. But it was one of those games I wanted to check out, and I found it for cheap. So, but it's fun. It's I'm not a huge fan of the way that. The the fighting on it's kind of weird because it's sort of like you either do like these mini games to do super moves or your guys just kind of attack on their own. So it's like no way as concise as like Pokemon was, was like one of my big problems with it. But aside from that, it's fun. Yokai are basically these little spirits that are actually like ghosts because like one of your sidekicks is a cat that got killed by a truck that spends most of his time trying to fight trucks now <laughs> in his spirit form. <laughs> and you... And you win him over by retrieving a picture of his of his old owner that he lost to another yokai. So in the game, you go and fight this other spirit, and you get the picture back of his of, of the girl who used to who used to be his owner, and that's how you get him how you get him to become your friend. But it's interesting, yeah. It's like these spirits these spirits of dead things that basically you know. They're like gremlins, kind of. They're like ghost gremlins. They just want to fuck around with stuff. So you find them, like, changing the stoplights and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think they do that, but 
you know, those, they'll be like one. Hungry, right? Yeah. Well, there's a, was it Dismerelda is one of them. She makes your parents fight and her husband, <laughs> ha, ha, her husband, happy air. You, uh, once you find him and they get back together, it's, it's, it's fine. But yeah, they have, they have names like that, but it's, it's cute and it's fun and I, and I enjoy it. And it looks really nice. Like for a 3DS game, it looks really good. It looks very cartoony and it's, and the, they have the same voices as the ones in the American anime. So, and it has like the, when you turn it on, it has like the opening theme song and all that. But it's, it's fun to play. I've been basically playing that and Dragon Quest 4 still. And, uh, so I'm sure I played some other stuff too. But mostly those. I mean, it's been, uh, I haven't, I haven't been able, I feel like a lot of the stuff I've played, I've been not in the apartment. So I haven't played Federation Force because I haven't been online as much. But. Wi-Fi it's, for that. Yeah. It's still kind of, it's still kind of on my mind though. But I don't feel like I played it since last, since the last time. We had our show. Plus, plus, I did that show, and another show, and a, and a WRT radio show. So I think that whole week I pretty much edited. But I got to play some real. I got to play some arcade games at this arcade place. So that was cool. I played like we played Ghostbusters Pinball, which is really good. Played that for a while. They had a they had Donkey Kong arcades there because you could do a you could be a if you got to the kill kill screen you would be involved in the Kong off, which is a new like contest that they do. Mister Mitchell himself told me that. <laughs> told me that I could nice. that I could be on the Kong off. Was there an opportunity to compete against him in some way? I mean, if you've got no. Billy Mitchell there and all these Kong machines, like that's the natural conclusion, right? The, the, I mean, we'll get into this later with the, with the topic, but Billy Mitchell's he's like twelfth now, man. He's not he's not in uh, him and him and Weeby are like old news, man. There's ten there's over ten people ahead of those guys. I guess it's well exactly ten people ahead of them, but still, like their scores are not not close. Like after King of Kong and people figured out it was a thing, they started playing and there's training boards now from what i heard where you can make it to where like you'll just play one level the one level that you're not good at and you can just practice that over and over and over again you know to basically you know build up your weaknesses so and apparently wes copeland the guy who has the score right now he pretty much played a perfect game of donkey kong and i think he has like i think he leads by like two hundred thousand above above like their scores so it's kind of like i don't know they don't seem to be really trying but at least like steve weeby is above billy mitchell in the score he's 11th and billy mitchell is 12th so but wes has a uh, has like a million two hundred eighteen thousand. wow so what was the show that you went to it was just uh i mean it was just a thing in chicago it was it was no way it was no way as cool as i went to a to this midwest uh the midwest uh, classic game expo i went to that a couple yeah. months ago that one was way cooler. This one was about a fifth of the size of that. It was like one room. That one was like multiple rooms. And there wasn't a whole lot of shit for sale either. There was like, there was like a couple, you know, there was like maybe two guys that were selling games. There was like a, something from South Bend that they had like some of their games there. And there's some kid who actually sent, sold me a bogus game. And I, I don't know how to get a hold of him, but I need to get a hold of him. Bogus the, game? He sold me a game that doesn't work. Put his name up. What's his name? <laughs> all right what's his address uh no i was just i was just trying to email him and i couldn't i couldn't find a way to email him but i'll say i emailed the i mean emailed the convention and i was like i got a game that didn't work can you give me the can you give me For the name of this kid it was pokemon it was the pokemon gale of darkness game that i wanted so badly for gamecube it doesn't work the rpg really is it's it? like yeah how does it explode it just doesn't load it says it, it's, okay. it looks pretty scratched actually the disc does. You might try taking it to uh, a rip store or something, see if they buff it out. Yeah, I, I th- there's like there's like a rental place down the street that has like a cleaning machine that I thought about putting that in. But I and I bought I bought the stuff, you know, like the stuff that's supposed to fill in the holes. I bought that yeah. stuff from GameStop. It doesn't seem to work that well though. 
like any disc. Because I had a disc, like, I had like a Legend of Zelda disc that wasn't working that I tried to use it on, and it didn't fix it. Same with like Super Mario Galaxy One that I had was pretty worn out. Like it didn't, it didn't load. It wouldn't load anymore. So it, it didn't work for either of those. So I don't, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer to it. But man, I wish, I wish I would have tested it <laughs> before I got it. I got it for like, I mean, I got it for like twenty bucks, which I thought was a decent deal for a game that normally sells for like sixty. But I had no idea it didn't work. I mean, I bought the Sims off of him for like five dollars, and that works. <laughs> yeah but, there's a good chance he didn't know it didn't work or yeah well, it was it was part of like a set that he was selling like uh, there's a gamecube set that came with that basically came with pokemon and Mar- super mario sunshine for like a hundred dollars which i thought was a pretty good deal you know for like for like a gamecube and two games that sell for 60 normally for most game places even you know used were they fully in like packaging no there's no package for it it's just the disc but i was willing to i was willing to give up the package just to get you know just get a working disc but the disc doesn't work so i didn't get to play it which really bummed me out i tried and i tried it on the wii and the gamecube didn't work on either so it's uh it's just it just it wouldn't load like it would do the warning thing and then you hit a and then it just says disc can't be read i bought a copy of mario sunshine that did that and i just had to keep trying and eventually it worked and now i just haven't taken it out of the gamecube (laughs) you just you haven't turned it off well, <laughs> just I, keep it on constantly. I mean, that'll kill the motor so quick. Oh yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that your that your first co- that your copy of Super Mario Sunshine did that too. Maybe I should just try keep trying it. I don't know. Try yeah. like putting some nacho cheese on it or something and just smear it around and see if it works. Oh man, it's probably probably not gonna work. But you never. I know. use ranch dip. <laughs> yeah, ranch dip. I'm going for Doritos flavors here. As that was as that was you've been playing still as uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's really about it. I kind of hung up on that game right now. Are you still, uh, how, how far uh, are you, like, how far are you? How many how many stars do you have? I think I just got my 45th. Oh, is it getting brighter? Do you have to wear shades yet? <laughs> uh, no, funny story, though. Last week I scratched my retina in real life, and uh, okay. I had to wear sunglasses when I played Mario Sunshine because it was too bright. <laughs> really? Yeah. You really, you really scratched your retina? <laughs> it was just like the light was, yeah. Doing what? Happened. Just, a, just a random thing. Did You, you don't, you don't want to say how you scratched I got, it? <laughs> I got attacked by a tree. You you got attacked by a tree? Yeah, I got a tree branch to the eye. Oh shit! Well, uh, when when I was a kid, I scratched my retina with a Batman toy. <laughs> like like when I was like nine, I basically I had these little you know those little suction cup Batman ones that would like they would hang from the suction cup, and I basically yeah. pretended that it was like a grappling hook, and I like stuck it to the top of this bookshelf. And I pulled on it, and the and the and the suction cup flew right into my eye and scratched my eye. So I had to wear an eye patch for however long after that. I guess it was my cornea. I think I might have you have to fight with Batman. Yeah, yeah, I got I got <laughs> I got my my car. I got my cornea scratched by uh by a Batman toy by the suction cup of a Batman toy. <laughs> but yeah, there's an interesting story of uh, involving me and Batman toys. Was there any other news for the week that we left out? Have you played uh, Have Man, you played Pokemon? Like have you played Pokemon Go yet, John? I've not played Pokemon Go. No. Uh, it's it doesn't take up as, I was gonna say it doesn't take up as much space as Mitomo. I think last time you were on, we asked you about Mitomo, maybe or no, I, I texted yeah, you about I texted you about Mitomo because Mitomo takes up like Mitomo takes up like a gig, but I think Pokemon Go is only like two hundred megs or something like that. I don't feel like it's super yeah, huge. You know what? I've been playing a Bobo's Big Adventure on my computer because you can plug in your NES USB. And have you ever played a Bobo a Bobo's Big Adventure? A Bobo as in like Double Dragon a Bobo? Double Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's, great. It's a, somebody like recently made it, right? It's like not. It was a couple years ago. Yeah, but it, since I don't have any games or anything, I just decided to fire that up again. You, know, you can play it online, streaming for free. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, probably 
the best tribute to NES ever made. It's just amazing. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, imagine like you take all the random characters that you kind of forgot about or whatever, throw them in a blender, and that's a Bubble's Big Adventure. Pretty great. Nice. Does it have any of the other bosses from Double Dragon in it? I forget. It's I forget their like, names. I used. The I used to know. Double Dragon. But then, like, so you'll be fighting the the regular Double Dragon, you know, stock characters or whatever. But then it'll throw in random other characters from other games, and you have to beat the crap out of them. Like you have to you, you beat the crap out of this little girl from uh, River City Ransom and rip her head off and eat it. It's just oh, really geez. absurd. That's totally, that reminds me so much of NES games. Yeah, <laughs> There's so many games you had to eat people's heads in. It's just, it was exactly. insane. It sounds fun. I'll have to check it out. This, uh, what was it, the same co- the same guys who made that Metroid 2 remake, they did a Pokemon game. I don't know if that was this week, but... That Pokemon Uranium. Did you hear about that? I didn't hear about that, though. No. Yeah, they, they made a Pokemon game, so I guess people might pull that one down. There's also, a, there. have you heard of No Mario Sky? Did you hear about that? I just heard about I that. I saw that. Somebody made, like, a 2D version of No Man's Sky, sort of, where you, like, go from planet to planet, and you find different, you find Goombas that look differently for everyone and everyone that you go to. <laughs> and cool. it's all it, it's all two D and there's like, you know, it like goes around it goes around a circle and you find stuff. I discovered a game called N U E G. N U E G. I don't know if yeah, N U E G like like N U I and Luigi mixed together. And it's this fantastic sort of art game where uh, the controls are you can move left and right, you can look up to ruminate and you can push down to smoke. It's all about Luigi. He's just like sad and depressed because he's stuck in in this world, and he's sort of second fiddle. And it's this very um, it's a very artsy game. Weird. And Luigi, yeah. have, to, have to check it out. Crazy. It looks like you can still download No Mario's because I'm doing it right. Oh yeah. Can you still get Pokemon Uranium? Or has, or has that one been pulled also? Check it out. See what is it? So it's just an... <laughs> it's just a Pokemon game that they that they that they made. You know that has. Was it for the Lunar They just made their own Pokemon game. That's all. That's all I really know. Just no Mario Sky was made for that. It was I think the same. I thought it was the. It wasn't like M. It's something NM two something or other. It's the same company that did the Metroid two thing. I thought I was referring to them. No Mario Sky in that case. That was made for a contest. It was made in seventy two oh. hours oh, by sure. a couple of yeah. As far as Pokemon Uranium goes, I'm not having any luck pulling it up right now. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just heard about it. Oh, uh, Axiom Verge is available for tomorrow. Oh, okay. Supposedly. Now this according, was announced before, according to like, Nintendo Voice Chat the the forum. They say that it's available tomorrow. So. That's cool. I, I, I'll play that. Anyway, you know, if any of you find uranium, let us know. That Pokemon uranium. It's been taken down. Oh, okay. Do you guys want to take a quick break before we get into uh, King of Kong here? All right, sounds good. All right, cool. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. 
All right, so I wanted to have John on the show because you were the you were the first one to to ever tell me about King of Kong. Like when we were in college, I never never even heard about the movie until you told me about it. And I remember you had a big poster of it in your apartment. How did you How did you yeah. originally hear about it? I heard about it because I worked at the movie theater that showed it. I worked at the uh, landmark Century Center Cinema in Chicago, which was is an art house theater. And uh, when I saw that poster there, I remember I was at work one day. And remember, this was 2007, so really like old school games coming back was just like on the verge of happening, I think, at that point. We didn't have uh, WiiWare or any games being re-released at that point. And so when I saw, I came to work and I saw this poster, which was apparently about a Donkey Kong movie, it just like blew my mind. Like, well, they made a movie for me. All right, awesome. And then I popped into the theater and saw the trailer and... Uh, I'm like, I can't believe this movie got made. It's a documentary about Donkey Kong. And then, uh, furthermore, when the reviews started coming out and saying that it was like the best documentary of the year, it got like four star reviews. I don't know what, what the Rotten Tomatoes score is or whatever, but I'm sure it's pretty high. Um, it was just like, wow, it's really, this is awesome, you know. So I knew the first person that I had to tell about this movie was, was you. I can't remember, did, did you go see that at my theater with me or, or, I went to see it multiple times. Oh, I, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I thought I'd re- I thought I just watched it. I think I like watched a copy that you had or something because I bought it. I had I had a copy too. Okay. It has a it has a ninety seven on on Rotten Tomatoes a ninety seven percent. Yeah, yeah. So really I, was, I I don't I, know if it was it might have been nominated for best documentary or something too. I, I don't know, but it, it really got great reviews back in, when it came out. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure it was nominated for something. I, I don't I don't know if it won anything, but yeah, I remember it being a big deal, and I remember there being a rumor that that they wanted the director to make like a make like a narrative version, like a yep, fictionalized version, even though this one is kind of a fictionalized version also. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll yeah, get to they're that. talking about Steve Carell is going to play Steve Weeby. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that kind of Steve Seagal is going to play Billy Mitchell. <laughs> no, uh, Billy Idol was going to play Billy Mitchell. I don't. No, I don't know. <laughs> some other, some other huh? Billy Billy person. It looks like Tom Cruise. Billy Mitchell does. Like Tom Cruise. Yeah, if yeah, you I put if you put a, if you put a really bad wig on Tom Cruise, you might have you might have Billy Billy Mitchell. Mm. I mean, his hair is like his hair is like a, a beast on its own. No, I like him. Re- I met I met him and he was actually you know he's actually pretty cool to talk to, like he's a funny he's a funny guy you know he's like making a lot of jokes he's sign- he's hair like in real life <laughs> I didn't touch the hair but it looks <laughs> it looks crazy like it looks like some sort Did of you crazy get wig from the hair yeah <laughs> well he uh he signed a he signed a King of Kong poster for me because they they had he was you know I bought I bought a King of Kong from. Twin Galaxies. Walter Day was there too. He he signed it also. He looks pretty old now. I mean, it's like ten years since, and he was already pretty old in King of Kong. Right. He looks he looks older now. But yeah, Walter Day was there. There was another there was another guy that was in that movie that was there, but I can't remember what his name was. But they talked about Steve Koo for a while on like there was like a panel thing sort of that I went to where Billy Mitchell. It was called like how Billy Mitchell made Donkey Kong famous, and it was like so it was like so bizarre and like so messy and. Basically, all he did was talk about how how they misrepresented him in the in the movie for the most part. He didn't really talk about like he talked a little bit about how he about his like first score, but he didn't really talk. You know, I wish he would have talked about like the arcade in the eighties and like 
him playing the game and practicing the game and all that. He was just basically mostly mostly just talking about like how they mis- misrepresented him and he wanted game to control. Sign he, your, your poster or your, your yeah. King of Kong. Yeah, he signed the King of Kong poster and he says uh he he said he said the only things that were inaccurate in that movie were the things that were positive about me. Is what he said when he signed, when he signed the poster. So he made it, he made a joke. And he's like I have to sign it. He's and he signed like his he signed on his on the part by his cheek. He's like, I got to sign on this side because I don't want to mess up my hair. So he's making, like, <laughs> he's making like jokes like that, you know. Self-referential. Yeah. And he asked if, and he asked if he could sit on Jess. She was in a wheelchair, but she said, yeah, but he didn't, you know, he he didn't, he didn't go for it. He called it the girl from Donkey Kong, also the one, the rescue one. But yeah, he was a, uh, he was interesting. Yeah, yeah, Paulina. But uh, yeah, he's he was a weird guy, and then we and then we saw his. Uh, and I, and, he seems and, like he's just a guy. And like whenever I saw him walking around the convention, I'd be like, hi, Billy. He'd be like, hey, what's up? He'd like wave at me. <laughs> like we saw him walking downstairs. I'm like, hey man, your thing's later, right? And he's like, yeah, I got to do this other thing first. I'm like, all right, cool, dude. I'll see you at eight. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like now. it was like such a small convention that it was like basically anybody was there who was there talked to each other. There's actually a guy who wrote the guy who guy who wrote a book similar to that NES one that got pulled down actually. That's gonna. He's he's said he'd be a guest on our show next week. So one of the guys who had a booth there, booth there, I talked to him and I've been emailing him back and forth, and he's gonna come talk to us about his uh, about his like NES book that he made. That's basically just kind of like a catalog oh, of all the NES games that came out, and it's, and it's sort of like it's kind of like the one that got pulled, but his <laughs> but but his didn't get pulled and it got published. And it's sort of sort of like a collector's help book, you know. It has like little checks to say like what version of the game you had and all that. It's cool uh, though. Pat the NES Punk is it? What is the guy Pat the NES Punk? No. <laughs> you know that guy? Pat the NES Punk? I know, I know who that guy is on uh, YouTube. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Okay. Sorry, YouTube. This guy Pat the NES Punk who wrote a book, and it's basically what you're saying. Yeah, he wrote a couple other books too that has that have stuff from. Uh, I know he had some stuff from like EGM and stuff from Nintendo Power and stuff like that in there. But yeah, there, there's just different people stuff like that. I met the guy who owns the Galloping Ghost. It's like the biggest arcade in Chicago. In Chicago Land, they have like 500 arcades. Doc Mac, I met cool. him. I also met the guy, the guy who owns the Logan Arcade, which is the arcade down the street from me, which is a very cool arcade. And I shook his hand and like you know, asked him if I could come DJ for them or whatever. We'll see if that pans out. No, I just get I just gave him our podcast card and I was like, here, send me an email. You know, if you want a video game up? DJ, lined up. I'm trying to get people to. I don't know. I've been sending out emails with links to WRT Radio to different to different arcade bars, but I but I don't think anybody's is reading it or take me seriously, or whatever. But that's a, it's another thing. You just got to get that YouTube video, man. You got to do a <laughs> you got to do a YouTube video for radio. I do. I actually send them links to the to the YouTube videos. They oh. all have they all have YouTube videos except for the last two because those are too large to put on YouTube through the program I was using. So I've definitely seen like hundred hour long YouTube. Videos. Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever. I, it was just like a thing where you like upload your MP3 and then upload a picture and now you now you have a YouTube video. It was oh, like okay. something like that, but it only takes up to like 60 megs or something like that. And those last two ones, the space one and the RPG one, are both too big for that. So they said that the files were too big to, to upload. So it, I would have to find another. I mean, I'm sure if I personally edited it and made it do it, it'd be fine. But but I don't know. But anyway, King Did you of get Kong. Billy Mitchell one of your cards? I didn't get Billy Mitchell one of my cards. I, sh- I should have, but I didn't. I figured he didn't listen to podcasts or didn't care. <laughs> yeah, here, sign it here, like so my hair's not messed up. Yeah, no, and I, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get one to him. And he was, he, you know, it was like I knew he had shit to do, and I didn't, I didn't really wanna, I didn't wanna like, 
bother him for too long because I'm sure there's enough people doing that. But he seemed a lot different than he the way he was portrayed in the movie, which is which is the thing that I kind of wanted to get into. Like when he was like you know talking about like things that were wrong in the movie. You know he said that he had spoken to Steve Weeby multiple times. You know before that that a uh, particular scene. You know, that everybody talks about the one where like he comes into fun spot and he doesn't talk to him. According to Billy Mitchell, like he did, he did talk, he talked to him at like whatever part, the part when like Donkey Kong walks up the ladder. So, cause like that's the only time you can actually not play. It was, he would talk to him during the, during the one play part. And when he walks past him and says like some people I try not to talk to too much, he says that that meant, he meant that he shouldn't bother him in his attempt at getting the score. Right. He didn't want to be intimidating or whatever. Yeah. And apparently the um the whole the whole controversy around uh Steve Weeby's machine that she was that he was playing at the beginning of the movie. Right. The main problem with that was that it was called a double it was called a double Donkey Kong machine because it had Donkey Kong Junior and Donkey Kong on it. And those were kind of known to be problematic and that was like the whole reason that they had a whole fuss about like his settings and all that. It has you know, they kinda of portrayed it as being that one that one Mr. Awesome dude. But it was more about the yeah. It was more about the type of board that he had. Yeah, the actual board he bought wasn't certified for competition. Yeah, they were saying that 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 particular double double Donkey Kong board was considered problematic, so they were cautious about it. But he ended up getting a different board that was just a straight up Donkey Kong one later, like the one you see at the end of the movie. But by the time, uh, like right after that one, Steve Weeby got another got a higher score after that. And as of right now, like I, like I said, I said earlier, they're like eleventh and twelfth on this on the score because people are way better at it now because after the movie like it became like more popular and everybody's like oh shit donkey kong let's buy donkey kong cabinets and you know yeah and play until we until we get 10 people ahead of uh steve weeby and billy mitchell but i enjoyed i mean from what the whatever you know whatever how how much of the movie is is uh true or not it's still incredibly enjoyable the way the way way they edited it It's, it's all it's just all about like human competition and all that you know, right. and it was like I remember you telling me like you were excited about it because it was the first time that you told me you're, you're like I'm watching it and they're talking about Twin Galaxies, yeah. And you said you're like that's my stuff, and I'm like wait hold on you got it wrong, and it'd be like all right no you you understood because I remember you had that book you had that Twin Galaxies book yeah I bought the book yeah like, the Walter Walter Day right wrote, wrote yeah. it or he said names on it yeah so I I wrote a, a script about arcades. And to do some research, I bought a, a bunch of uh, books on arcades, including the, the Twin Galaxies record book. And what I didn't know when I bought the record book was that it actually comes with a cool... The first 200 pages is just the story of Twin Galaxies. I didn't know there was a narrative element to it. So I, I read that whole 200 pages. Oh, what is uh, uh, what what is the story of Twin Galaxies, if you don't mind getting into it? I know there's footage in the movie of Walter Day, like, you yeah. know, back when he... It's, well, it's completely tied in to the movie and everything. And if you really like the movie, I would highly recommend getting the 1997, I think, edition. The one that I had of the Twin Galaxies record book. Yeah, because uh, the, the book is in the movie for a second. Like, they show yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's the same book. And uh, so it, it's it's from Walter Day's perspective. It's written by him. And, you know, this is over 10 years ago that I read the book, so I'm trying to remember. But um, basically, he kind of paints it as he, he always wanted to do something to make himself like a, a superstar and he was sort of like looking for his his thing i think he was a salesman of some kind when he first uh discovered arcades and he felt like like this this is my thing this is what's going to make me important right um he, he sort of took pride in in finding the kids who were the superstars because at that point i think he was in his mid-30s or late 30s or something and he kind of said well 
if I could just have my one game, that's what he says in the book, if I could just find my one game while I'm letting all these kids come up and become superstars, you know, then I'll then I'll be happy. And I think it ended up later on in the book, he kind of wraps it around and, and he got a high score himself on, I think it was Centipede. So it's, okay. a, it's a personal story. It's written pretty well. And uh, just chronicling, you know, it, it, it's very much the same as the movie as far as, as far as the theme of it, which the movie kind of says to me, um, you know, why would these two guys compete at Donkey Kong? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is they're being the best in the world at something. And I think it was Steve's brother said, how many people do you know who are the best in the world at something? And uh, the book gets to the heart of that, too. Oh sure, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was mostly just high scores. That's why I was like, hey, why do I, why do I need a book of high scores? Especially since you can find everything on TwinGalaxies.com dot com now. Oh yeah, yeah, all that yeah. stuff's probably out <laughs> now. But pick up the book anyway. Just but I mean, but that book parks is cool. I mean, I haven't found anything like that. But like, as far as like straight scores, you can find weird stuff. Like I remember looking through there because I thought about that at one point. I'm like. I'm like, can I? I'm like, is there a game that I'm like good enough that uh, that nobody else is good enough? I was like, I should find something like really dumb that like nobody else likes, but I'll play. You know, what would be that game? I'll be like the I'll have like the highest score on Devil's Third or something. I don't know. <laughs> now there's probably people way better than me on that, but I looked at it because I looked. At, I remember there was one guy who played like who played like the Star Wars arcade game for like 24 hours straight. Mm-hmm. You know, in one quarter, there was actually a guy who was talking about that before billy mitchell talked about trying to he wanted to do like a 48 hour gameplay of something and he's like if i die doing it then then i then i you know then that's that i've, I've lived a life he'll be like, the first right. person to die doing that the world record. true yeah he's kind of like that he's like yeah it's crazy it's crazy how, how people how people do stuff but yeah it's interesting i was just like i would go through like it's like who has i'm like who has the highest score for like super star wars on super nintendo and i'd like look at stuff like that i'm like i could play that game pretty well like you know and then there's but there's always oh, there's people online that can do it really well but i don't know yeah it's interesting to just go through there and see i had a friend who supposedly had a record on the tetris arcade machine he had a, one a machine in his apartment that he played a lot said he had said he had uh like the third or fourth in that so it's possible. And that, that last convention I went to, the, one of the guys who was, who was playing in the Tetris competition, he had a high, he had a, he had something in the top five also. I'd like to see a, a competition yeah. of Tetris. Though. Apparently there's a Tetris documentary also like that. that I heard about that too. Yeah, that's supposed to be good that I haven't seen. It's not the Tetris movie though. The one that isn't out yet <laughs> that we talked about right. before. Yeah. The one where they come together and then disappear. But yeah, apparently the, uh, the director of King of Kong, he grew up. He grew up uh, going to Fun Spot a lot, so he, he kind of knew a lot of those people yeah. going into it. From according to Billy Mitchell, to what to what he said was that they had written, they had basically written the story of that movie before they had shot anything. Like they already had an idea that Steve was going to be the good guy and he was going to be the bad guy, and that they were just going to cut it together to make it look like that. You know. So if he knew that beforehand, I, did he know that beforehand, or did he gather that? As the filming was happening, do you think Billy Mitchell? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm well, not saying. I'm not saying. He, that said, what... he said in that interview that he thought they were just doing a documentary about competitive gaming. The one. The oh sure. Well, Walter. So, like, I mean, Walter Day also said that they had it all wrong. Like they, I read, I read quotes from him saying that they had completely misrepresented what the what the conflict was during all right, of that. He didn't think. I guess, supposedly he didn't even think that it was like about him and Steve Levy, like. He just thought he was just one character in the story, the competitive gaming scene. Yeah. And I believe I think something that was left out of that documentary was also that that tape that Billy Mitchell handed in was ended ended up not being accepted. 
because it was of obvious. How, yeah, it well, it was obvious. It just didn't. It just didn't seem credible. Yeah, yeah. And they thought that maybe the score had been manufactured, especially since it was an exact number. It was like it was like a hundred thousand exactly to the point of above Steve Wiebe, which I guess the um, apparently the the score that Billy Mitchell got after the movie was done after they were done shooting it, but before it came out, Billy Mitchell beat his score again, and that one like. He basically got to like a hundred and something thousand above it, and then he killed himself. Like he did that a couple times, and he mentioned that at, at the convention also, which is stupid. But apparently, he would do that just to kind of be a dick and to just and to just prove a point to be like, all right, I got it. Now I'm just going to destroy the rest of my guys because I got there in one life. I'm like, you're an idiot, man. Let's <laughs> just keep going. But he said that he did that because he wanted to keep it com- competitive so people could come back and beat the score, which still sounds arrogant, you know. It's like I don't know. So did he come off like arrogant in his? Uh, I guess maybe I'm not trying to get you to judge him from his presentation, but when you saw him do his presentation, does he seem kind of self-absorbed? Does he still project that image the movie kind of tries to create for him or whatever? I don't think so. I mean, okay. I, fe- I felt like it, what him saying about like killing his men after he got the score, I felt like that sounded arrogant. But I didn't feel like he really sounded like what he was in the movie. But it also felt like most of the time he was just kind of trying to give the whole story of it to people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, you know, he's like, I made this poster. He's like, I made this poster for Steve Wiebe. Like, I called him and congratulated him when he got the score, because that's what I do when people get a certain score for Twin Galaxies. And he went through this whole event, which happened. You know, I looked it up, like, pictures of them, like, eating together and, like, you know, had, like, a big lunch thing or whatever. You know, they did. There was a lot of stuff that was left out. He said, uh, I mean, in one of his interviews with MTV, like, after the movie came out, he said that the the movie was, like, Swiss cheese and had a lot of holes in it. <laughs> I could see. You know, I just finished watching the movie again to, to review it about two hours ago, and uh, when I was watching it, I was just noticing there's little parts where you could tell his personality. You know, he's he's being misrepresented in the movie to, to make him more the villain than than he actually was. There's like little hints, just like when he's sitting at the restaurant and um, and talking with the guys. Like he just does not seem like he's the villain, right? Sure. I think the movie definitely plays it up. Yeah. Have you, were you able to watch any of the deleted scenes that are on the DVD? Like, I wasn't able to watch them, but apparently there's stuff in there that, that shows, like, that paints them in a better light. Like, stuff, stuff that they deleted that were actually on the disc. Yeah, I don't think I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a hard time finding, I, like, I wasn't able to find my DVD earlier, so I just watched, I watched that on YouTube, because uh, you can find the whole thing on YouTube. But I, but I wanted to watch the deleted stuff, because I heard that there's, there's stuff on there that paints them in a better light. I don't think but, there's any question that, like, after watching this movie, whether or not he was the villain or the hero, like he's the person that was the most interesting in the movie, even though Steve Weeby was well, Steve supposed Wee- to be the main character. Well, Steve Weeby was like the perfect like protagonist, though. You know, his, his, you have his family saying like, "Well, he never really, he never really succeeded anything." You know, like right. he, he had talent. You know, he has a good heart. He never really he's did anything that one. big. You know, he's just a teacher and blah blah. So you can tell like how they're building it to be like this is his big moment. It's you know, this is his like his moment of fame or whatever will come to this. And I watched, I actually watched Steve Wiebe play Donkey Kong at that, at that arcade, the Logan arcade down the street from me before it was the arcade, when it was still uh hardware, when it was still the record store, I went there to watch him play when he played. And it was like, it was awesome. There was like hundreds of people there. They were all like cheering for him. I didn't actually get to see him because there were so many people there, but I got into the arcade and I watched because the, I had a little monitor showing like his progress and I watched him play like his first game. So I stood, I stayed there and I, he got like 700,000 or something like that. It was the highest scoring game that he did that because he did three play sessions and I watched the first one. And then I 
there was like a live there was like a live tweet type thing. It wasn't Twitter, but there was a website where somebody's putting up all of his, you know, like giving updates and everything. So I watched that on my computer for the last two, and he didn't do as well. But you know, people loved him. Like there were a ton of people. There was like hundreds and hundreds of people there. Like you could not, like I couldn't even get, I couldn't even see him. You know, there were so many people jammed in there into that place. There's yeah. no way I could get close enough to see him, but I saw like you know I saw people with cameras and I saw the monitors and all that, so I was there to watch it. But it was cool. He had a lot of fans, and apparently he's going to have like Donkey Kong training classes at that arcade for a while, which I never really heard anything about that afterwards. But maybe he did. So I'm just saying I'm not trying to downplay Steve Weeby at all. I was just saying I've just from what I heard from Billy Mitchell and what I read about the about the movie and all that, I was just kind of curious. Like when he was talking about all that shit, I'm like, yeah, I wonder how much of that is true. You know, because none of it seemed like all none of the people that I talked to at the convention were really like you know fuck Billy Mitchell or anything like that. And like guys, you know, like the guys who own the arcade bars that were talking, like they all knew him very closely, and they said that he had helped them out, like you know, get a bunch of shit and do promos or whatever. So I was just kind of interested to see like what the you know what how much weight his side held and all that. Yeah, I wonder what Steve Weeby would say about if the documentary was accurate or not. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a, I mean, there's supposed to be like hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage, you know, that wasn't used. So, I mean, as most movies are, you know, especially for documentaries, you kind of shoot a lot of stuff and let the editor find the story in there, you know. I think they should make a whole movie about the lady playing Cubert. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty yeah, she, sweet. Yeah, she died. She died while they were editing the movie. Like, uh. Aww. Yeah. I think, <laughs> wasn't that, wasn't that, wasn't that in the credits? Like, she died, yeah, she died before, credits. she died before the movie's released. Yeah, she was cool. She was cool. She was cool. She was Dor- cool. Yes, I said cool because uh, Cubert, whatever. Uh, Doris Self, yeah, she was interesting. I liked the guy that uh, retired at 30. This is like, I can't remember what that guy's name is. He's like, I just turned 30, I'm, I've retired, and I moved near Fun Spot, whatever. To play games? Yeah, he like retired to live near Fun Spot. Yeah. I, think that I, like, was the, Steve. I like the guy who lift weights, lifted weights while he was watching the... <laughs> where he's like I, he's like I watch world records every day and he's just like he's just like moving weights around with his hand while he's watching uh whatever tape they send in he's like goes through all the all the boxes he's like I have to watch 70 hours of these videos every week I'm, I'm like no you don't you choose to do this <laughs> yeah do they pay him do you think they pay him to do that I, I mean know. twin galaxies make money from somewhere right they have to does he work out for 70 hours that guy, I got <laughs> he works his hand out the just whatever yeah. the hand they they showed him lifting the weights with. He got really beefy hands. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's one thing that movie had going for it was a lot of interesting and colorful side characters, like people who just kind of show up. Oh, sure, yeah. Do and uh, you know, it's it's just it makes it feel like a really well painted picture of what's going on that whole scene. Yeah, I remember when I saw it the first time, I was kind of afraid that I didn't want him to paint like video game players as like weirdos, which they sort of do, but they sort of do not. Yeah. They but not too, do. not too much, I guess. I mean, have you seen Joysticks, right? Have you seen that movie? I haven't. Like yeah. that. It's like, were you, you were the one who told me about Joysticks, right, John? Haven't you Maybe. seen that? What, what movie was that again? I remember the name of it. It's like, it's, it's basically like if Troma made a movie about video games in the 80s. It's basically okay. what it feels like. It feels like a Troma movie made about arcades in the 80s. I it's like, it's like, it's like a comedy, but it's like, it's like they, but they portray video games as being this evil, this evil thing, and like the town hates it, and there's like a couple kids that play, and it's very much like. Oh, it, yeah, it, I remember it, now. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It, I didn't it, actually it, see it, that movie, but I remember. Oh, it, yeah. oh yeah, I, I watched. You can find it on YouTube. I watched the whole thing on YouTube, but it basically reminded me of like, yeah, if Trauma made a movie about arcades, it would be joysticks. 
<laughs> but it's uh you know, it was it was pretty fun for what it was. But it but I felt like they totally missed like completely missed like gamers and all that. But in the eighties, like who you know, nobody really had any idea, I guess, especially people who were making movies. They were in it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the characters are def- are definitely interesting. And the twin galaxies in themselves are interesting. I know there's a lot of some characters they left out too. They weren't in there, but it was, I feel like it was a good way. It was a good, like, casual look at, like, competitive gaming. You know, it was presented in a way that somebody who didn't really know anything about it could, you know, easily enjoy it. Like, it's very much, it's, it seems yeah. like their, their main focus was to make it entertaining, and they did make it very entertaining in the end. I'm not knocking yeah, the movie in, in, in any way. I think it's, a, I think it's a great movie. I just wanted to look at it in, you know, in, in an aspect of, like, the controversy behind it. Yeah. So what did you, did you feel any sort of different feelings towards it when you watched it this time? Either, either of you? I think I did because I had, even though I'm not, I didn't meet him. You met him, but like, you guys Billy a little more for me. And like I said, maybe, maybe it wasn't recorded. <laughs> Earlier I said, uh, I definitely when the first time I watched this knew it was slanted. I knew it was already kind of like being engineered to be the most entertaining it could be. And, and I enjoyed that. I like it. It's a very entertaining documentary. Sure. But uh, so this time when I watch it, I guess maybe even more so, knowing for sure that I was right to be uh, skeptical. As it, it just it didn't come off as it's still very interesting, but it wasn't you know quite as harrowing. I guess. Yeah. Also, if I you've seen the movie already, you know what's sure. This is a side note. Quick side note for uh, for Billy Mitchell's talk at that convention. He did say one thing about like when he got he like I got a high score in my arcade and I thought it was pretty cool. And he said that he called Nintendo first before he found out about Twin Galaxies and asked them what the highest score for Donkey Kong was. And they told them that they don't care that they don't care about scores. I thought that was funny. <laughs> they're like <laughs> like they're like I don't know. Well, we don't care. It's uh, it's whatever, man. <laughs> we just make the no, games. We don't, so we, don't, we don't give a shit about who uh, about who gets the scores. I just thought that was funny. A funny tidbit that he actually called called Nintendo themselves, and they're like, oh, "We don't know what you're talking about." Oh yeah, how's it going, Billy? What you, what, you, what you need to know today? <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I feel like it still it still holds up pretty well as, as as a movie. I didn't realize it was as old as it was, which I guess is not that big of a deal because it's, well, it's about it's an almost, older thing. Yeah, it's like almost like ten years old, I guess. Next year, I, apparently there's movies like this that come out all the time now. I haven't seen I haven't seen any of them, but I should like other video game documentary. Yeah. The only other one I've seen is like Indie Game on indie. Uh, yeah. that that one on Netflix. That one was cool, but that was oh, the one that had the, the guy from uh, Oh Fez's Quest, right? He's on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fez. Yeah, the guy who did it's Fez and Fester's Quest. Fez. Yeah, like Fester's <laughs> Quest. It's a spinoff of Fester's Quest, except it's like more playable, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was Fez, Braid, and uh, Super Meat Boy were the three different games that they followed. Which I thought Braid was really cool until I saw that movie, and I was like, "Dude, that guy's a dick." But maybe, but maybe he's like heavily edited too, and he's and he's actually nice. The dude who made yeah, Braid, supposedly the Fez guys, a dick too. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's I would say I mean most documentaries have their own. I'll always have a slant. I know you. I know you were always a big fan of uh, Michael Moore movies, John. But I always felt. I always thought that his movies were totally were totally slanted. Not that they were incorrect, but he was—you could tell that he he, yeah, well, he, have, he heavily edited it. I think he's he's honest about his uh, his leanings, but I think it's just it's just the nature of the documentary. Sure, content, there's right? still, there's still going to be some sort of uh, yeah yeah. It's it's edited by his, you know it's still going to be edited in a certain way to convey whatever you know. The least honest people, the least honest documentarians are the ones who claim to be unbiased and. Uh, you know, I'd rather you just come out with your with your bias right away. Well, you're obviously for the documentary. You're obviously trying to prove a point. You know, right? 
So you also have to certain, make it interesting and uh, so certain things you're looking for, you know. There's another there's another um, Nintendo movie, Nintendo documentary coming out called NES Quest. It's a guy is trying to travel the country and collect every NES game in 30 days without using the internet. Oh I wow! Say, I was gonna say, is his name Justin Howard? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he's, he uh, travels the country now, but I think he already has all the games. I, I don't know where his collection's at now, but so he so so he's like starting with like no games, and he's just going to travel around the country and try to get all of them for the NES. Yeah, he's he, starting with zero. Um, that's what the document uh, trailer looked like, and without using eBay or the internet in any way, he's trying to basically go to all the old game stores and get tips on where he can get the next uh, NES game until he completes the collection. Wow. Does he find that that sl- that Flintstones game that only that it was only sold through Blockbuster? Because that's that's going to be some hard shit. Yeah, like Flintstones two or whatever it's called. It's like it's like one of the highest selling NES games. I thought. I think he specified, or I read an article about it or something. He specified only going for the commercially released games, ones that okay. are. Like the, the Nintendo World Championships and all that, he's not going for those. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be so easy. Because 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 it's like uh, yeah, the Flintstones one and the um the track and field that Nintendo wasn't on. Like I think both of those are yeah. pretty expensive. Yeah, which I didn't realize until just actually like two weeks ago. The stadium events is just full class track, which yep, I. I, I a lot of people had, but it's the same game and they just redressed it. Oh, sure. Yeah, there was actually a cart that had. Well, I had. We had track and field just by itself, but I, if I recall, there was a cart that had track and field, uh, Super Mario Brothers, and Duck Hunt. That's all three games. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I saw those. Yeah, I had that one. That was the Power Pad set. So if you got your Power Pad with your Nintendo, you got that. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, is there, I mean, is there anything else that you, that you want to say about the uh, King of Kong? I feel like we spent more time talking about like the conspiracy and uh, how they cut a lot of stuff out of it than the actual story. But I mean, there's I feel like I, I don't know. Is there something that we missed? I can think of a, uh, one line from the, the funniest line from the movie was spoken by Steve Weeby's ten year old daughter. Oh yeah, I like that one when they're in the car and she basically kind of tells him that he's worthless or whatever. What would you? What was the? What was the line? Well. The news came up that there was going to be the Guinness Book of World Records recording uh, the score, and he was kind of in the car. He's like nervous going on the way to the championship, and she she says all of a sudden, "Some people really ruin their lives with these scores, don't they?" Yeah, Some long time. <laughs> yeah. I just remember her being like, kind of like, sort of throwing him under the bus and being like, "Huh, eh, you you <laughs> suck." <laughs> I don't know. Likewise, I did. I I laughed quite a bit first time I saw the uh, when when. Steve Weeby was going for the championships or for the, the records were at home. His son started yelling and he had his butt wiped. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, stop playing Donkey Kong! Yeah. Supposedly that was like uh, that was like the fourth or fifth tape that he had sent out for that. As I was just looking, uh-huh. like I said, I was looking at this thing saying like, here's the actual facts or whatever. But but that's fine. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to know like that it's all the tapes. But yeah, they said that that was, of course they showed that one because that was the most interesting one. You know, with this kid yelling about the butt wiping and all there in the background. Yeah, that, the clip's hilarious. Yeah. And the kid, you can tell the kid also, like you can hear it in the kid's voice that they know they're being obnoxious and they're, they're kind of being funny about it. And, yeah. I figured he. Then was he just, does get yeah. genuinely upset when the dad doesn't leave the game. Yeah, well, I figured he was just yeah, like attention, being like, or you haven't given me enough attention. Right. Uh, he's like, Wah. that's one. Of, uh, I like the family aspect of, of that movie. You know, seeing his family and everything, especially you know, 
this is a documentary thing again. They're sort of comparing him against, you know, he's the family man versus the hotshot businessman, whatever. I did like the family aspect and, well, and seeing his wife support him and, yeah. and you know, a lesser wife would have been like, you know, what are you doing, wasting your time? And but she really understood why he needed this, and you know, she cried for him toward the end when he didn't get the score, and you know, it really brought a lot of heart to the movie. Sure. Well, they also, Billy, a, but Billy Mitchell Billy has a wife. he has a he has a family also, like he has children as well. But yeah, they Billy just Mitchell's did. wife had like no <laughs> yeah. substance at all. Yeah, they, they didn't. She any. was just yeah, they treated her like the trophy wife. So it's just basically like here she is and. He's like, I, I make hot sauce and I got a trophy wife. That's kind of all you like find out about his family. <laughs> they yeah. did. He he was selling his hot sauce at the at the convention, and oh, I, I would I would have bought I would have bought some as a novelty, but it was like ten dollars a bottle, and I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't want that. I don't even like hot sauce. I would just be buying it just what? to be like, hey, I <laughs> have Billy Mitchell's because it has his face on it, <laughs> you know. And I saw people like, carrying him around, and people have bought him, but I was like, I'm not paying ten dollars for hot sauce. Sorry, dude. I'll pay ten dollars for a King of Kong signed poster signed, sauce. but not but not a signed hot. Sauce. I mean, what am I going to do with it, really? Let it ferment. I like, uh, what was it? There was a, there's a part where Billy Mitchell answer, answers the phone and he says, like, says, like, World Record Headquarters or something like that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that. That part. He's like, he's like kicked back on his leather couch with his, like, socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, did you, you read about the tie, right? The, the American flag tie and, like, his, uh, story yeah, behind I saw that. that. Yeah, yep. about, uh, because supposedly he was in a competition with a guy who wore a Canadian flag, uh, cape. And he wanted to, like, represent America, so he started wearing uh, American flag ties. And it kind of caught on from there. And that's where he ended up doing it. He said in the documentary his handle is USA. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in, uh, if you, I don't know if you remember, but in Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii, there's a statue of Donkey Kong in one of the temples that is wearing an American flag tie, which I thought was pretty awesome. That there's there's a reference to. Oh no! It's it's a hundred percent a reference to Billy Mitchell mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong Country Returns. Yeah, nice. I mean, what else would it be? Like, why would they have? Why would they have a, a guy a guy in a, wearing an American flag tattoo in a Donkey Kong game? It wasn't for Billy Mitchell. I mean, I I'm pretty sure that was a reference to that. I Did think you I put, see the uh, the suit that he that he uh, had against a regular show? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Just told me about that. We were looking, uh, yeah, cause, uh, we were having dinner at the, um, at the convention and we were looking up Billy Mitchell for whatever thing. Cause we had just, we had just talked to him and, uh, she's like, yeah, he's suit, he's suit regular show. Cause he was, uh, he was, what was like beard face, beard face man or something like that was his name. Uh-huh. And he comes back later and there's like a, there's like a son of him also in one of the episodes. Garrett I've, Bobby Ferguson. Yeah. I've watched like, I've watched like almost every regular show episode. I think it's a, an amazing show. And, uh, I think that's hilarious that he sued them. Cause that was like first season, like when they, when they're like playing some game and he shows up and tries to like, he basically tries to like sabotage them getting the score and all that. Did you see what the judge said, like when she dismissed the case? No, I didn't read, I didn't read she the whole said, article. Uh, she said, the television character does not match the plaintiff in appearance. GBF appears as a non-human creature, a giant floating head with no body from outer space. <laughs> While plaintiff is a human being. And when GBF loses his title, the character literally explodes, unlike Plaintiff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's amazing. <laughs> I'd like to see that. The the Billy Billy Mitchell versus regular show. That that'd be that'd be a great movie. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that could be its own He exploded. You didn't explode. It's it's fine. <laughs> 
when you lose your titles, you just you know you just lose them. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I'd for, I'd forgot about that. Oh, I remember he, uh, yeah, I remember him like you know he did a lot of interviews with people after the movie to say like you know they they misportrayed me and all that. I He's was definitely I, pretty concerned with like maintaining an image. You know. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, I I remember reading it, reading a, a rumor at one point that he had that he made a different documentary about the same story on his own, but that turns out that's not actually true. But I wish it was. <laughs> I wish there was another that there was a Billy Mitchell well, yeah, documentary. Like his own camera crew that. Yeah, where he had made a different documentary to you know to show him in a lighter lighter side that he had done a whole other one. But it turns out that isn't true, as far as I know. I mean, I know there's there's probably like other documentaries. This this I mean, kind of see him giving that uh, Qbert machine to the lady. You know, like that was pretty nice of him. Yeah, that's nice. to go to the competition. Yeah. yeah, totally. He was he did nice he did nice stuff to her. <laughs> <laughs> so and apparently, like a lot of the Twin Galaxies people said that you know thanked him for helping him out or whatever. I know that one guy did. He's like, I would have never been anywhere without Billy Mitchell. And it I, was I, a different scene back in the you know, the early '80s when it was still kind of I don't know it's, it's to be it's ritual if you played arcade games in a lot of circles, I guess. Oh sure, well because it was like it's a like, it was a social aspect, you know. So yeah. being being good at that made you pretty popular. It, yeah, I guess so. I mean, even in the '90s when I hung out at arcades, I felt like the people that were good at arcades were pretty popular because people wanted to watch them play. You know, it's like the guys who knew all the fatalities from Mortal Kombat. You'd, you know, you'd sit, you'd sit, you'd stand by the arcade and watch them play Mortal Kombat. You know, and I'm sure you've watched, you know, people who are good at like Street Fighter or whatever going at it. You know, on the, you know, people do that. I think that that probably I think it's still kind of there with like the whole like bar. The whole barcade things now with the arcade arcade bars where you can drink and play and people still use that as a social thing. I don't know. I think it's still cool to be to be good at arcades. I think it was pretty good. But I, just, I don't think it was lost. Me. I don't think it was lost in the eighties. No, I don't think that it was lost. I, I'm actually saying to the contrary. It's more like accepted now than it was. It was oh more yeah, of yeah, People that had their own inside jokes and their own culture and stuff. Yeah. For sure, that's kind of what I was trying. To say. One thing, uh, one thing that I thought was funny about the way, uh, the way that Billy Mitchell would respond to most, uh, I guess, to most claims about him, he'd be like, "I'm not arrogant. I'm just Billy Mitchell." <laughs> it would be like his, you know, the way he would, the way he would say things. And I thought that was kind of funny. Like, there's, I think he said that in the interview, and he said he said a line about that at the sh- at the show too. But that would be like he, you know, that's that's like his response to whatever. Little self parents. I thought it was funny. I, I thought. His dad came off as okay. Now I, I see where he gets it from. Yeah, like his dad was like, "Well, Billy's a winner," you know, just like <laughs> plain as that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the guy oh, was sure. like sitting back wearing shades. Yeah, I wondered. I wondered if his parents were still alive when I saw that. I was like, hmm. I didn't. I didn't look, but yeah, I don't know. They seemed like supportive parents. Right. Oh, when it, when he was a uh, when he was given his uh, talk at the convention, he said that they were that there are people that are making a musical of King of Kong. That's gonna that's gonna be on Broadway, and oh, he was and he was trying to find a for way too long in his presentation. He was trying to find this basically song that these people had called him and sung on the phone. These two different women that are playing him and his wife in this uh, in this King of Kong musical. And he said it was like the most hilarious thing, hilariously bad thing he had ever heard. And he wanted to play it for the group, and he probably spent like twenty minutes like on his phone trying to figure out where it was to play it for. Did us. he find it? No, he didn't. He never found it. He ended, he ended up playing, he ended up playing random, random voicemails from other people. It almost, it almost felt like, uh, I don't know, I went to see Chuck Berry one year, like, like at the beginning of the year, it was like in January. I saw him play at, at the, at this, this place down the street. And it was like probably the most messy concert I've ever seen. Like he would play like part of one song and then like go to another song 
and like he like passed out on the keyboard at one point. It kind of reminded me of that performance <laughs> of, uh, of Chuck Berry, like minus the passing out and all that. Yeah, he passed out. He passed out at the keyboard. His like doctor came up and woke him up. They ended up walking him off the stage, and then he came back and said, "My doctor told me I can't play anymore. Sorry." <laughs> and, it, and it ended in like twenty minutes. And it kind of kind of reminded, reminded like what me happened of here with uh, here in Champagne with Smash Mouth. Oh, did that did that did that happen? Uh, uh, Smash Mouth played Nirvana last week, and uh, they had like two songs left, and the singer like had to sit down, and then he like he like had some people come and help him off the stage, and then they played the last couple of songs without him. They oh, played wow. All Star without him. <laughs> so, wow. And there's yeah. a lot of speculation that maybe he had a heart attack or something, and then people were like, maybe he was just really drunk, but supposedly he's in good wow. health now. So whatever. I don't know what happened, but it was the talk of the town, you know, because Smash Mouth was here. Yeah, I thought that, uh, I mean, I thought that Chuck Berry had maybe died while I was there when he, like, passed out by the keyboard. I, like, looked over to a friend of mine, and I'm like, did we just see him die? Like, did he die? He's got to be, now? like, he's got to be, <laughs> what, his 80s? He's old. Yeah, he's old, and he seemed very, very confused in that performance. And I, I don't think I don't think Billy Mitchell is as senile as him, but his, like, uh, his presentation seemed kind of like that, too, where it was just like, what the fuck is going on here? It's just had no, like, structure to it. He probably does those things quite a bit, and, you know, like, I don't know. It's probably like sitting with friends or something, like, for him. You know, it's not a big deal, I don't think. Sure. Well, he did say at the beginning that he didn't really know what to say for this, and that he had just been putting on the spot a couple of days ago. Right. So, <laughs> so he was just kind of going to wing it, and he did wing it. And and it's, you know, yeah, he's like a guy basically plays whatever. He's not a public yeah. speaker. Sure. <laughs> he's he a part of guy with the trophy wife. I mean, he was kind of like the, I mean, he was like the headliner. You know, he had the last, he had like pretty much the last thing of this show. And then there was some movie that they played, which I didn't, I was like, I'll, I can find it somewhere else later if I need to. We left, we left before the movie, but, but yeah, he was pretty much the ender. Like those the last night and he was like the headliner of all of it, you know, so it was kind of built around him and the other, and the other guys that were there that had the arcades, but. It would be really weird though to have to get up there. Like, what do you say? Like, okay, I played Bucky Carter. I got the highest score. 30 years ago or whatever. Like, how many times can you get up on a stage and talk about that? Sure. Add something new. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, you could just say the same thing. I mean, a lot of people do that. You know, they have like a, when they do the presentation, they have their routine or whatever, you know. I just didn't feel like he talked enough about that, about his score. And I mean, he said that he met, you know, that he found Walter Day that was the guy who knew all that stuff. But he didn't really say, like, how he found him or, you know, he just said that he found him. I just felt like he would have should have spent a little bit more time on on like you know his score. I know he doesn't want to. I know he, I know he said that he didn't want to tell people how he played to get certain points. So he's like the reluctant know? hero. Like he knows he's got to talk to people, but doesn't really want to do it. But he does. He has to. Sure. Yeah. Or he's just a guy. I mean, he's just. Dude. <laughs> maybe he maybe he is senile and arrogant. I don't know. Like another thing in that article that you had me read, uh, he was like, I wasn't even going to go play this record before the competition I wasn't even before the events of the movies I wasn't even going to go but then they were like we'll pay for your whole family to go and he's like okay well you know so a guy who like you know jumps at the chance to like take his whole family on a vacation that's paid for you know, that's just a normal dude sure I think you know, yeah it's not like rolling a or anything totally alright well I think we I think we covered most of it right you think, I think anything, so I mean anything else anything else you guys want to you want to say about the King of Kong Fist I was quarters. hoping it was on Netflix it's not right now I found it on Amazon. I rented it for four dollars. I think. Oh, nice! I think you can buy it for four dollars. Oh no, three dollars. <laughs> I think you could buy the DVD. Well, you'd have to wait for it to get here. But I just right, watched I it, dude. 
It's on there right now. You watched it on what? On YouTube. It's on there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I oh, I thought I thought I thought you had a DVD of it. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube too. I found it on YouTube because well, I couldn't. That's what cause I, I should have done. Yeah, I, I, I watched it on YouTube because I couldn't find my <laughs> I couldn't find my DVD. I I bought a copy of it. I just I don't know where it is. So right. so we watched we watched it on YouTube, and you can you can find joysticks on there too. You should watch that. Watch that after this. To to all of our all of our people, all of the five people that listen to this podcast. Um, Watch Joysticks. It's an interesting movie, and uh, we'll be we'll be back next week with with a guest. You know, download our download our podcast. Tell tell your friends too. Rate rate it if you can. Send us an email. We're very lonely. You know, say hello. We could use it. Complain. Complain. Please complain. Nobody ever complains about anything. Yeah, we like complaints. Uh, anyway. Also, like, yeah, we have some good uh, news about the direct. Yeah, we'll come back and talk about the direct either either later this week or at the top of next week's show. I'm not sure how we'll do it yet. But hopefully, hopefully it'll be some good news. Maybe they'll give us a date for Dragon Quest Eight. That'd be cool. Uh, I don't know what. Else. I mean, there are a lot of games still coming out for 3DS, so there's a lot of stuff they could talk about. Beyond Oasis. Beyond Oasis. Beyond Oasis. Whatever it's called, Eternal Oasis, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the Grezzo one, the show, uh, the Secret of Mana guy. We definitely need some more info about the game. I hope. Yeah, I'm sure they'll talk about that more and and some other stuff. You know, maybe there'll be some surprises in there. That'd be cool. Hopefully they launch with something. Axiom Bird should be fun. Anyway, that's been episode 37. We've been your hosts, Trey Johnson. Jeremy Mikowski. And John Knitter. And do you have a, I think I asked you this before, is there anything you need, you want to plug? Like a website or a Instagram or, or your ICQ number? Any, anything else you got <laughs> that you want to let the fans know to promote yourself? Nothing right You're, now. You, okay. Well, thanks for being on the show again. Hopefully, hopefully we can yeah, do another thanks, one. John. Nice, nice to talk to you. And, uh, we'll see you all next week. See ya. Maybe he'll maybe he'll crack under the pressure and maybe I'll get my chance to do it first. Uh, Hill screen, Hill screen kick, um, Walter Day stated that this was the highest score ever done 
and this is the first uh, kill screen achieved on Funspot's machine. Uh, Steve Wiebe has become the third person to reach uh, Donkey Kong's kill screen. is very, very cunning, and he will do what he needs to to stop it. Being able to perform in the show with someone who's a contender, staring straight at you, staring at the game, possibly even playing mind games with you. I mean, it's all, it's part of being a champion. You have to overcome it.